0: I'm bringing my golden doodle along with me. I
1: have some serious concerns about taking a dog on a through hike. Is your dog rattlesnake trained? No. I've seen multiple times where the dog was just miserable. It's like borderline animal abuse at some point. I know a lot of people take five to six
0: months. I I, I would like to complete it in 120.
1: You're either not going to finish with the dog or you're not gonna finish in 120 days. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Trail Tales. My name is Kyle O'Grady. I am a thru hiker. I am a huge hiking nerd, and every single week on this podcast, I chat with other hiking nerds about their experiences on the trail. This is going to be a bit of a a bit of a different episode this week. We have a prospective Appalachian Trail thru hiker on the show, and he's going to be asking me questions about. His prep, things he's curious about, which I think is going to be really helpful because if you're going into a thru-hike, especially if it's your first time, uh, it could be a little intimidating. There's a lot of things you might wonder about, and so we're going to cover all of that in this episode. His name is Michael McAnally, and he has a YouTube channel called, which (laughs) it's called I Suck at Hiking, which is a hilarious name. I'm sure a lot of you can imagine that I'm kind of partial to those self. Self deprecating names, yeah. He's going to be posting videos daily videos on his Appalachian Trail through hike this year, and I'm so excited to welcome him to the show. So, Michael, how's it going,
0: man? I'm doing fantastic. First and foremost, how's this mustache look on camera? <laughs> it looks great,
1: it looks great, it's looks fantastic. Looks um, good?
0: All right, it's new, so I'm just trying it out.
1: So, you're going to be hiking the AT. Pretty soon here. Don't say your exact start date because we don't want people, weird people out there trying to find you. But roughly, what's your start date gonna be?
0: Late February. So late February. decided decided that early early cold start.
1: Yeah, and you're a Florida man, so that
0: you, you should be used to that. Um, <laughs> that's sarcasm, but I am I am brave. I'm telling you what well, I don't like the cold, so um, it is it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge.
1: Yeah, man. Well, a lot of it's going to be a challenge, but um, I don't know. Hopefully you'll be a little more prepared after this episode. So what is your backpacking experience? Can you and can you just kind of introduce yourself? Um, I know you're not a total, total novice, but this is your first through hike, correct?
0: Going to be my first through hike. And I mean, I still consider myself a novice because I didn't start actually backpacking, back backpack, backpacking slash, you know, overnight camping in this type of style until 2020, when when COVID happened and uh, my gym shut down, I wasn't able to go. I'm I'm a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt, right? And for those of you guys that don't know what that is, um, it takes a very long time and in investment in the sport to get to that level. And you know, it was 10 years for me to get a black belt in Jiu Jitsu. So um, three years into hiking. I still very much consider myself a novice; hence the name. I suck at hiking. I mean, I make a lot of mistakes. I screw things up, and um, and so yeah. I started in 2020. Um, I jumped on the Appalachian Trail, and uh, I jumped on the Appalachian Trail. I wanted to finish from Springer all the way to the, the the Georgia North Carolina border, but did not make it.
1: So what happened then? Why why didn't you make it? I I don't know, Michael. That's not a good that's not a good start if you want to make it all the way to Maine. <laughs> I know, so I, I'm just giving you shit by the way, I mean, I'm sure everyone saw the title uh it's all it's all in it's all in jest, uh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Michael's a good sport so, too
0: <laughs> my son, I took my son with me, and uh he's he's twenty years old now, but don't was, blame uh, this on your son. Is that what you're about to do? unfortunately, I took somebody with me, and uh <laughs> you know how it goes when you have somebody with you. It's kind of like it's not just your hike, so um you know we 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 did uh, all the way to Neil's Gap, and we got up the next morning to leave out of Neil's Gap and to to head out the next day. And unfortunately he got this uncontrollable nosebleed right there at the outfitter store. And so kind of, you know, pulling on the dad's heartstrings, I couldn't, I couldn't make him go out in the woods anymore. I was like, you know what, we'll go ahead and end it here and I'll come back and finish this guy myself.
1: Yeah. That's, that's very reasonable. Um, I thought it was going to be something like, Oh like I didn't like it or something like that and then that was going to be a bad sign but uh, a very understandable circumstances dude. Um yeah, I don't
0: want to throw him under the bus but you know
1: definitely. <laughs> no, I'm was- I'm glad he was okay. And you've hiked out in Colorado a little bit. Where where else have you uh or what other like backpacking experience do
0: you have? So my next you know my next big adventure, I wanted to fi- finish that section of the trail. So the next time I went out, I went out back into Neal's Gap and took my wife with me. So nice. uh, I took my wife with me to finish from North Carolina or from the Niels Gap to the, to the Georgia border and uh, that was a successful trip um, although no, the no last nosebleeds day, that time. <laughs> on, on the last day she actually tweaked her knee a little bit. And we were very close to the, to the, uh, to the Georgia border, Georgia, North Carolina border. And so I, um, I left her at, I think it was Dick's Creek gap, which is like the last like dirt road before you get to the border. And it's a three mile trek, uh, up the mountain to the border. And so she stayed there and I did my very first trail running experience and ran the three (laughs) miles up the mountain and back in about an hour and a half. (laughs) So Nice. Well, you got it
1: done, dude. Um, And then Colorado, I know you, I watched one of your videos where you were over there testing some gear.
0: Yeah, we took a trip out to Colorado. Uh, Cold weather gear is hard to test here in the Southeast, especially um, when I started prepping, you know, early this year. So I haven't had any cold weather. So we flew out to Colorado, did the Lost Creek Wilderness out there. Um, Beautiful, beautiful place to to hike. You know, uh, my first time to Colorado ever, and um, definitely will not be my last, you know. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Colorado's the shit. Um, okay. I think one of the most important questions before we kind of flip this around and you start asking me some questions. Why are you gonna through hike the AT? What's the motivation? What are you looking to get out of the experience? Yeah, why? Why why would you why would you put
0: yourself through this? No, just kidding. But yeah, why? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a very competitive person. And when I first heard about the Appalachian Trail, I had gone my entire adult life, you know, without hearing about these thru-hikes or hearing anything about the hiking community. And when I first heard about the Appalachian Trail, it was a a, a local couple here that is uh, friends of ours that their son had come to my gym. And they told me about how that they had done this thru-hike right after they got married, you know, like 20 years ago. And that piqued my interest. And so when kind of the world shut down, I was like, I'm going to go do this stretch of the trail. I absolutely fell in love. I became addicted. It was another challenge. It was something to overcome. It was something that I looked at and I was like, man, I'm going to do this thing a little bit at a time. But this last section that I went out and did, the, my most current section of the trail, I went from the North Carolina border to Fontana Dam, 90 miles on my own. So finally did me a solo trip. Didn't bring anybody with me. And it was on that trip that I could see those other through hikers out there. I met a lot of the community and I was like, I got to do this whole thing. I've got (laughs) to do it and I got to do it all in one shot. I'm not going to do this thing a little bit at a time. So discussions with the wife make sure I get a hundred percent approval to let me go. And, um, I'm just at a point in time in my life where it's, it's a possibility for me to do it. A lot of people do this in a transitional time of their life, but I, I actually, you know, have a stable business and it's somebody that can actually run it while I'm gone. So nice. I'm like, it's, it's, it's going to be, you know, I I need to just go get it done. And she was willing to let me do it. So nice, that, was, that was the big deciding factor with her.
1: That's awesome. And good for your wife. Um, you know, it sounds like you're fairly well-prepared, actually. Uh, of course, you know, you can always be more prepared, but the fact that you've already got a decent amount of not just backpacking experience, but experience on the AT itself, on the part of the trail where you're going to be starting, um, I think you're going to find that that is going to give you a, a pretty big advantage over a lot of people who have either never hiked on the AT or have never hiked or backpacked, period. And so, um, I'm excited for you, dude. I think at this point, why don't we kind of flip this around? So I, I just want to give you the opportunity to ask me, you know, someone who's done this, any questions about through hiking, things you're nervous about, things you don't quite understand. Again, it sounds like you probably have a pretty good understanding of it, but, um, yeah. Or even some questions you think that other perspective through hikers, uh, 2024 hopefuls might have, um, just anything like that, dude. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, try to use this as a, uh, yeah, try to use this as an opportunity to, um, I don't know, learn some stuff to help you get even more prepared.
0: Yeah. I'm one of those guys that I think over prepares and studies and, and does all of those things. So uh, because, you know, because I'm a competitive person, I've been doing jujitsu competitively and fighting other people for a long time. I am a prepper, but it's almost one of those experiences like you don't know until you go. You know what I mean? So, I've done section hikes. I've been out for a week at a time, but I have never been out for months at a time and dealing with the things that that I know you've already walked through and the things that you've already dealt. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to lean in on your experience here and I want to the first question that I want to ask you is like, what's what do you think the biggest mistake is that you made hiking the AT? Oh, man. Um
1: I'll break it down a little bit because I think there's a lot of really common mistakes that I didn't necessarily make. Um, and then I'll try to think of some that I did too. The first one, which based on your experience already, I don't think you're gonna make this mistake, but a lot of people will. And it's low-hanging fruit, but it's just so important that I'm gonna say it is people just overpack. Uh, actually, it does sound like you did make that mistake at one
0: point. <laughs> but um, I, I definitely made that mistake. Do you wanna know what my weight was? Yes, on my On my my first trip. All right, you're gonna make you're you're gonna make fun of me. (laughs) I was at fifty-five pounds.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I of course I want to make fun of you for that, but (laughs) we all do it, dude. My first as I've said many times on the show, my first number of backpacking trips, you know, I, I was carrying way too much stuff. And this is why it's so good that you have all this experience already. And I think one of the biggest takeaways uh for perspective through hikers and some of you that are going to be leaving shortly you might be i'm not trying to stress you out because the clock's kind of ticking now but um you know especially if you're going to be through hiking in years like to come not this year like yeah just getting as much experience as you can even if it's just for a night you know various um at various points like super super helpful because you'll you'll make all these mistakes when the when the stakes aren't as high as like oh yeah i just quit my job to go hike for for five months Um, but anyways, back to your original question. Yeah. That's one of the biggest mistakes that people make is just having too much weight, um, in their pack in particular, another big one, which again, this isn't really one that I made to be honest, but, um, another really common one, again, it's been talked about on the show, but just starting too fast, you know, people, they're so excited to be out there. So like, I totally get it. Like they're so excited. They've been planning this for so long. They've been thinking about it for so long. And so they finally get out there and they're like, they just want to hit the ground running. And so they just hike too far, too fast in their first couple of days, and then they get injured because of it. And so I would say, go less hard than you think your uh, your cap is, if that makes sense, which is I did not phrase that well, but you know, if you have a hundred percent to give, give 70% for those first couple of days. And also take a zero. At your first or second resupply, even if you're totally fine and you think you can hike out, I I still think it's going to be beneficial to take a zero um, early on and just ease into it. And then you'll very quickly be able to ramp up the miles. But don't overdo it at the beginning. It's very tempting. And a lot of people do that. They get hurt. And then they're off trail within two weeks. Um, Let me think of a mistake that I made in particular. I thought I did pretty good. Honestly, I would not have if I again didn't have a lot of it a lot of backpacking experience before I started. But I think that I was a little bit a little bit too focused on the end sometimes. Maybe not even the end. More like I was I was too focused on the goal and that kind of took me out of the moment a little bit. And this is a fine line because I think that if I hadn't been so focused on the overall goal, then I wouldn't have made it, to be honest. Um, so yeah, it is, it's tricky, but sometimes you have to really think about that balance between I set an objective, a difficult one and I want to achieve it. And so I have to be, you know, motivated and driven in order to do that. But at the same time, sometimes you got to just take a step back and just be present and really soak it up. And I, and I did do that quite a bit. I just think that maybe I, I wish that I had done it a little bit more and, um, Yeah, I definitely made some other mistakes too, dude. Like, (laughs) I I did not know how to prevent chafing. And I still don't, but I'm a little bit better. On the PCT, I was a little bit better about it. And um, also starting in May when you're a sweater might not have been the best idea because going back to the chafing, hot in the South, that was tough. But you're used to the Florida heat and humidity. So hopefully you'll be a little better in that regard.
0: Yeah, I think so. All right, so next question. You ready? All right, yep. so what do you wish you knew before you started?
1: Um, whew, that's a really good question, dude. <laughs> You're making me um, not envious of the people I interview when I ask them these like very open ended <laughs> questions. Which it's 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 a great question. That's not a knock on your your question asking ability, but um, wow, my brain really stopped working there, didn't it? But I will tell you right now, one thing I wish I knew before I started the AT was how freaking cool Garage Grown Gear is. That's right, Garage Grown Gear is the sponsor of this episode. They are your one-stop shop for all things alt <coughs> They are your one-stop shop for all things ultralight and cottage backpacking gear. They're an online store for all sorts of different gear companies. They have the big ones like Z-Packs and Hyperlight and that stuff, but they also have a lot of small companies, ones that I'm pretty sure that most of you have never even heard of. Some of you might recall that I had Lloyd Vogel, the CEO of Garage Grown Gear on the podcast, and I was really surprised to learn that when they choose companies, they're not just looking at what's going to make them the most money. They actually choose companies simply because they think they're doing a really cool thing, even if they're not gonna be that profitable. And I think this really shows you where garage grown gear is coming from. They're great people and they're also doing a great service for us hikers, not to mention the small, often, you know, startup gear companies that they're selling. There's so many different gear companies out there. And so having one central place where you can find so many of them is just huge, in my opinion. You don't have to bookmark a 100 different gear websites. You don't have to browse all these Reddit forums and Facebook groups and all this nonsense. You just gotta go on Garage Grown Gear's website, which is garagegrowngear.com, by the way. I'll also have a link to that in the description and show notes. You just gotta go on their website and browse through what they have. I guarantee you're gonna find some really cool stuff that you've never seen before. And so thank you so much to Garage Grown Gear for sponsoring this episode all right let's get back to it I wish I knew that <laughs> I was gonna make it <laughs> to be honest because I think I would have been a little bit less stressed out at the beginning I because I've talked about this again in in previous episodes but with a late start date you know I was kind of up against the clock which is something hopefully you will not have to deal with however my understanding is you set like a a time goal for yourself didn't you? <coughs>
0: I mean, I, I'm, 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 like I said, I told you, I'm a goal-oriented, challenging type of a guy. So I, I did – I mean, I, I, I would like to complete it in 120.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: I know a lot of people take five to six months, but I, I just don't foresee myself um, doing that. I, I don't think there's anything
1: wrong with setting that goal. I just hope that you won't be like so – rigid with it that like it's going to affect the quality of your hike you know and your your happiness while you're out there because for me you know I had a a time frame that I had to finish in as well except there was no uh I couldn't change that that was just because I started late and I had until the end of the season and then you know I guess with you you could certainly push that date back if you had to and I just hope you'll I mean I'm not saying you shouldn't go for that that time goal but if it looks like it's not going to work out, I just hope that you don't let that affect you and you're okay with changing it. Um, but anyways, just getting back to the original, um, point of the question, I just wish, yeah, I wish that I knew that I was going to make it when I started because I wouldn't have been as, as stressed out. And so I'm not exactly sure how that can apply to you, but, um, just you got to, you just gotta be aware that like, it's good to. This kind of goes back to my previous answer. Honestly, it's good to be motivated and disciplined with your your speed, your time, your pace, all these things. But also, don't let it go over the top because it will have a detrimental effect on your hike and you won't enjoy it as much. So I don't know.
0: That's not. I feel like that's not
1: the best answer, but that's that's, that's what all. I got.
0: I'm not gonna stick to like the the 120 is like a barometer, but I'm not going to be like, so focused on just hitting that, that I won't, you know, cause things can happen. I understand that things can. Yeah, happen. man, for sure. All right. So the big question is, are you a purist when it comes to like every step, right? Like every step, I see a lot of people, blue blaze, a lot of people canoe trip, a lot of people leave and come back and skip sections and do stuff like that. But I mean, when you label yourself as a through hiker, I mean, you have to, you know, I, 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 I I'm gonna let you answer it. You know, yeah. What's your thoughts on being a purist on every single step, every every white blaze passed?
1: Yeah, um, you're trying to get me in trouble, aren't you? No, this has been something that we've talked about, and, and it's a it's a big question. What is a thru hike, right? I made a whole video on this uh, some some months ago because technically, I guess not even technically, but I think a lot of people think that it's a thru-hike once it's complete. But then again, when you're in the middle of a thru-hike, you call yourself a thru-hiker, even though you haven't finished the thru-hike yet. And so it's like, it, it doesn't make any sense. Like how, how many miles does the trail have to be in order for it to be a thru-hike? So obviously this is all up to personal interpretation. And I just want to make that clear because at the end of the day, you kind of have to just decide this for yourself. But since you asked me, for myself, on the AT, like I pretty, I would say I was pretty much a purist. Although I don't like to call myself that because I feel like the term purist has like a uh, people. Man, my brain is not working this morning. Um, I feel like people think of that as a negative thing, like oh, you're just a purist. Um, and and I and there's probably people out there that are even more purist than I was. You know, like when I would get dropped off at a road crossing. I wasn't like double, you know, doubling back across the road just to make sure I walked across the road. You know, there's some people that do that. And, and again, that's that's fine. Um there's people that do that literally? Yeah, not a lot, but they they are out there. And so I wasn't like that extreme. I because I feel like that's what people think of when they think of a purist. Or if like yeah. you come to a spot on the trail where there's a tree in the middle of the trail and there's two paths around the tree like people will like circle around the tree to make sure they get both paths. Like I wasn't doing like shit like that. Or if there was like a, a spur trail into a shelter and then another spur trail out of the shelter that cuts out like point zero zero one miles or like, you know, 20 feet of the trail, you know, I wasn't too worried about that. Um, but I was trying to hike the whole trail. I wasn't trying to do the aqua blaze thing and, you know, I wasn't trying to take any shortcuts like I remember in Virginia leaving Damascus. You can kind of take the Virginia creeper trail and it, I don't even know if it actually is a shortcut, really. I don't even remember if it cuts out any miles, but it's just like a little bit easier because it's like a bike trail kind of. So a lot okay. of people would do that for just a few miles in. And, and, yeah, I wasn't trying to do that. But I'm not saying that other people can't do that. Like I, I know lots of people who have Aquablaze and said it was sick. Uh, a lot of people said the Creeper Trail was really cool. So, you know, you you do whatever you want. But for me, I wanted to hike the whole trail. And it kind of came... I had that same mentality on the PCT, and that really kind of bit me in the ass. So, you know, there's pros and cons for sure. Although on the AT specifically, I do think it's pretty realistic to, to hike the whole trail. The PCT not so much anymore
0: um, but it is what it is the PCCT is a hard one especially with the wildfires are just unpredictable every single year so you got that right so uh next question are you ready I, I'm not a big fan of that term that that everybody uses and you know it's been around for years I don't know how many years that it's been around but you know everybody's referred to as hiker trash you know what I mean so uh, I'm not a big <laughs> proponent of calling myself trash. So what's your <laughs> thoughts on that? And, and are you okay with that being called hiker trash? Look at this guy. He
1: hasn't even through it yet. He's already saying that people should cut out super common language. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, I don't have a problem with it at all. It's Darwin, Darwin on the trails talked about this before. Cause he's gotten comments in the past. He's like, why are you calling hiker trash? Like that's like, that's so offensive. And he says, it's a term of endearment, which is kind of how I see it too. I don't have any problem with it, um, and I think that I think that you might come around to it, okay. maybe, when when you find yourself, you know, <laughs> a thousand miles in, and desperate to get into town, and you haven't showered in multiple days, and uh, maybe the last time you dug a cat hole, things got a little messy, and you didn't get totally cleaned up as well as you would like. And you get a hitch into town, and you're sitting on some bags of trash in the back of a pickup truck, maybe at that point, you might be like, you know what? I'm kind of okay with all of this. It's kind of awesome, and it's still kind of trashy, and so that's hiker trash. And so, I don't know, dude, and maybe you won't come around to it, but for me- I like the term. It's endearing. It's almost like a rite of passage, you know. Like a, you wear it like a badge of honor. Um, if I could throw
0: around some more buzzwords, so I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, a lot of people embrace it. I uh, just, you know, it's one of those terms to me that's just, I don't know. It's kind of always, you, know, you, you see a lot of people catch, uh, you know, feelings about different trail terms. I mean, like trail magic. You know what I mean, things like that. You know, or you tramly. Know, some call it, yeah, tramly. Uh, you know, some people just like to call it free stuff, you know, or, or other words, but that's that's you know, that's that's just you know here and there. But the hiker trash one was the one that kind of stuck with me, and I, I wanted to ask you about. But yeah. speaking of that, and you brought this up, so that leads right into that next question: What is the longest stretch you went without a shower on the AT? Oh, good question.
1: Um, not that long. I feel like compared to some people, like you'll you'll meet people out there that like kind of going back to the hiker trash thing, like you said there, it's like they'll brag about how long they've gone without a shower and they'll be like, oh, I went like two weeks or something like that. I never did anything like that. To be honest, I can't even remember exactly how long I went because it, it probably wasn't anything significant. It probably wasn't more than like, I guess at the very end maybe from Monson to the to the end of the trail at Katahdin, I probably went like six days maybe. Maybe, yeah, probably six days. Um and maybe there was another stretch in there somewhere. And on the PCT, it was similar, but probably not more than six days, which is not that impressive compared to some people who will like go out of their not not that many people to be fair, but some people will like go out of their way not to shower just to brag about it, which is which is pretty funny. I don't know if I'd recommend that, uh, but because that would that would take a lot of discipline. But um, I digress. My answer isn't super impressive there.
0: Uh, yeah, I thought you had at least hit double digits, but. So, no,
1: dude, I don't think I have, man. I really don't think I have. Are you are you worried about not showering or is that just no. for fun? I, I,
0: I'm also one to jump in the in the the, the waterfall or whatever is and claim myself. So yeah. I'm not afraid to do that in a second. Good, good, good. So the next question I have for you is uh, it's about the privy situation out there, right? You have a lot of people that like literally they're like privy hoppers, you know what I mean? So they'll they'll they will will hold on to it for you know hours, miles, and sometimes even a day to get to a privy versus digging a cat hole. I mean, were you a privy hopper or were you I mean, were, were you were you okay with this, you know, taking a dump anywhere?
1: No, dude. Um before the AT, dude, I hated privies. I would avoid them. And yeah dude and so like on my long trail through hike for instance i probably used one at some point but for the most part i was digging cat holes every other backpacking trip before the at i was digging cat holes and the reason i didn't like the privies is because number one they're disgusting number two i liked more privacy to be honest and there's nothing people you know a lot of people that don't backpack and through hike one of the biggest like scary things to them is the idea of shitting outside but it's like i kind of like it um i like just going off trail and digging a cat hole it's a little inconvenient and you get some flies buzzing you sometimes but you know it's so private so i like that um and so the the thought of using privies was gross to me but i will say the further along i got on my at through hike the more i started using privies because i just got like I got lazy and they're just convenient a lot of the time, you know, it's especially if you really got to go and there's a privy right there. You don't have to worry about finding a spot that's you're not going to get spotted. You don't have to hike up a steep embankment to get far enough away. You don't have to dig and try to dig in one spot and oh, the ground's too hard. So go find another spot and dig there. They're just so much more convenient. And so I did start to use them the further along I got. But I don't know. In an ideal situation, I think I still prefer to dig a cat hole. I'll, I'll say on the PCT, there's not really, you know, there's no shelters. And so every now and again, you'll get like a Forest Service, you know, pit toilet at like a campground or a trailhead or something. So they're not non-existent out there. But um, I didn't really miss them that much on the PCT, to be honest. How, what, are, How do you feel
0: about using privies? I'm sure you've used a, a number of them at this point. Yeah, I mean, I've done the privy thing and, but, you know, I remember my first experience, you know, doing the cat hole, you know, doing the whole cat hole deal itself. Um, I, I was somewhere, it was in that first section of, of, of the AT trail that I was doing the very first time that I ever done this. The AT up the, trail. Did you just say the AT trail? The AT, the AT. <laughs> I love it. I love it when people say that. The Appalachian trail trail. <laughs> the Appalachian trail trail. The ATT. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. That's all right. You're 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 supposed to be giving me a hard time, so yeah. But, that's true. Uh, but anyway, so we so I, I I remember this section I was in perfectly because I climbed up this hill and and I went to go dig you know the cat hole and like looked over to my right and there literally is like this pile of bear poop sitting right there and I'm like, whoa, he didn't dig a hole. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I digging a hole?
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, you got to do it. You got to do it. Um, when you start the AT, I'm, I'm really speaking to people that might be looking to start over the next few months here. Um, when you start at Amicalola Falls State Park, because the AT is getting so popular and through hiking is getting so popular and a lot of the people that are starting have never through hiked or backpacked before, they actually have like little classes now which i don't know if they had that when i did it or if they did i didn't go to it but um they have little classes where they'll teach you like the exact protocol for like you know going to the bathroom and other things too like uh food storage and so i don't know if you're experienced and you know what you're doing then you know i guess you probably don't need it but if you're if you've never backpacked or through hiked before or you just want to refresh her. Yeah, definitely when you start at Amicalo Falls, make sure that you go to those classes. I, I'm pretty sure they like really try to get you to do it, even if you have through hike. Like I know Taylor in New Hampshire, literally, she had already hiked the entire AT, but when she started the second time, they still made her do the class. So I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know how long it takes. Like I said, I didn't do it, but um, yeah, something to keep in mind because it's important I, that you. I, I think dispose. it's a requirement
0: now to get your tag.
1: Oh, that would make sense. Yeah. That would make sense,
0: for sure. I mean, I stopped by the office when I was there last, and kind of told them, "Hey, I'm coming next year." And they were like, "Yeah, you're going to stop in and get the tag." But they got the new visitor center open too, so that's going to be really cool. Oh, there's
1: a new visitor center. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Man, I got to get back there, dude. I'll probably (laughs) get so nostalgic.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So they have, you know, they had the old little trailers sitting off to the side of the road. Now they have a big giant building that they had been working on for years, and it's going to be open for the very first. It's it's open now. I mean, it just opened recently. Damn. So. I might go back up there. I'm thinking about doing a section hike
1: this summer. Maybe. I don't know. I probably shouldn't give away too many details. I don't want you creepy fuckers to come find me. No, I'm just kidding.
0: All right. So last year I was given a, or not, not not last year, but this, this last big hike that I did on the AT, um, that, that 90 mile section, I had a through hiker give me a trail name. Now, I mean, I don't know the etiquette, you know, uh, you know, Obviously, we used it while I was out there the entire time I was out there for that 90 miles. But next year when I start, am I allowed to keep the trail name or do I need to hit reset since I'm a a a, a perspective through hiker, not a through hiker, but because I'm a perspective through hiker, do I have to like earn my trail name? Is it is this something that you feel like I, I need to earn during the through hike or can I keep a section hike trail name? Is that legitimate or not?
1: I'm really glad you brought this up because I'm sure this is something that other people are wondering about. So- If you, you, you've been given your trail name, and so if you take another trail name, the next time you cross a road, the trail police will be there waiting to take you off trail in handcuffs, which might sound exciting because you think, oh, maybe I'll be able to take a shower and get some food, but in hiker jail, you do not shower, and they do not feed you. Well, actually, that's not true. They do feed you, but they feed you the same food you were eating on trail, so there's really no advantage. You don't want to be in hiker jail. Um, That's obviously not true. But uh you can do whatever the fuck you want. If you wanna stick with your trail name, that's totally fine. If you wanna take a new one, that's totally fine. I think that pro I'm just guessing here, but probably more people would take a new one, but you don't have to. I mean, I got my trail name well before my AT through hike, and I just stuck with it from the start. And so uh you can do whatever you want, man. Um you know, it, it doesn't really matter. But uh, just I, I would recommend personally, if your trail name has a really good story behind it now, one that you enjoy telling, then stick with it. If you don't enjoy telling that story, then maybe get a new one because you are going to have to explain that story over and over and over and fucking over. And I really wish someone had told me that before I took my trail name because I fucking hate it. And no, I don't even hate it. I hate, I hate the story behind it and I'm sick of telling it. And so I wish I had waited until I got like a really cool story that I would have been super proud of. So just
0: maybe, uh, maybe keep that in mind. With all the stuff I've watched of you, I don't think I've ever heard what your trail name is.
1: Don't, don't make me tell the story. It's, it's Narnar. You you
0: gotta tell the story. I'm not telling the story. What what is the, what is the trail name? It's,
1: it's Narnar, N-A-R-N-A-R. Okay. I haven't told it in a while. Yeah, people people ask me that quite a bit. They're like, I know like your Kyle hates hiking, but like, do you have a trail name? And I'm like, yeah, but I don't really talk about it too much. Not that it's a secret, but it's just like, I don't know. I use it on trail still, but I don't okay. know. I, I'm, I'm so sick of the story. I'm not telling you the story. Okay. It's I not going to happen. I'll look <laughs> it up.
0: I'll look it up. I'm sure it's out there.
1: It's not. No, it's not worth looking up. That's why I don't want to tell it is because it sucks. And, and this is the thing. It's kind of a running joke too, honestly, is like... You'll you'll know what I mean eventually, like, or maybe not if your story is actually a good story. But I know for myself and for Flossie too, who you might have seen in some of the videos, who I met on yeah. the AT, like, we just got so sick of telling our trail name stories after a while that it it, it was like kind of comical. Like somebody would ask one of us what our story was, and then the other person would kind of like start laughing in the background because like they know that the, that they're just like, ah, oh, fuck, I don't want to tell this story, so.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could come up with like some like exuberant
1: reason why. I could just, so. I could just make some shit up. Yeah. That's what I should have done.
0: <laughs> so, um, so the, the other, uh, question that I had like, if you couldn't ever go back to the AT again, so if you're not allowed to ever visit the AT again, so you're not allowed to step foot anywhere, but there's one, one place that you're allowed to go. So that would be like the one place that you're, only allowed to go what would be your absolute favorite part i mean what is what is that that one spot that you're just like this was my absolute 100% favorite spot
1: that's really that's a really good question um my i uh, probably somewhere up on the presidential ridge in new hampshire but it feels a little bit weird to me to say that because i've been to that area quite a bit outside of my thru hike and i'd been to it before my thru hike i've been to it a lot after so, like, when I think of that area, even though it is part of the AT, I don't really think of it as, like, just being part of the AT. It, it really just feels like a really sick area that I've hiked in a lot and kind of feels like home. Um, and so, that's where my mind goes. But for areas that I hadn't been to before my thru-hike and haven't been to since, it's probably somewhere in the Rowan Highlands. Uh, or, sorry, is that? Jesus Christ. Uh, dude, my... <laughs> I'm not on my A game today. Um, yeah, the Rowan Highlands. Yeah. Yeah, probably, so probably somewhere. Right. No, that's the Grayson Highlands. The the oh, Rowan, Grayson. the Rowan Highlands, yeah. Um, which is a little bit south of there. It's like North Carolina, Tennessee border area. It was really sick. I, I want to get back there. Dude. I haven't been back there since the AT, like I said. And so, yeah, I need to get back there. That that spot, that spot and the White Mountains were my two favorite spots on the AT. All
0: right, so now since we're talking about areas, I have a question, and you know this this one's always intrigued me because you see people talk about it, you see all the videos that have been done about it, but when you went to you went to the Yellow Delic, did you not? Yeah, I did. All right, so when you went to, I mean, I think I think you just have to experience it. But were you recruited? I mean, did did you know, or <laughs> would you, or were you like one of those guys? that were like, nah, we're, we're yeah. good, we don't. <laughs>
1: Great question. So let me just give a little bit of context for those that aren't, they don't know what the Yellow Deli is. So basically, long story short, in Rutland, Vermont, there is this place called the Yellow Deli. It is a deli. It's also a hostel for hikers, and it's free. They don't charge you, which they're not really doing it out of the kindness of their own heart, although it is very kind to them, but it's, it's run by this religious group called 12 Tribes. Some people would even go as far as calling them a cult, which is probably how you're going to hear them referred to when you're on trail. Um, Most people call them a cult. And so the reason that Michael is asking me if I was recruited is because my understanding is that the reason that they let you stay for free is because yeah, they're trying to recruit people and some would even go further and say that they're kind of preying on hikers and targeting hikers and to answer your question, uh, no, I was not recruited. I was very, I feel like kind of aware of the situation when I stayed there, and so like I was not going to engage in anything other than just simple pleasantries with any of the workers there, because basically what they do is they try to get you to come off trail, out of town, and go work on their farm. And I guess eventually they try to you know, get you to join or whatever. And it, it's like, I don't know. I, I say they're a religious group. It's really unique. They're like very like hippie. Like you get hippie vibes when you walk into their deli. But also they're like very conservative in some other aspects, like the way that they dress and some of the rules around like family structure and women and children and all this stuff. It's really weird. I'm not going to get into that. They're quite controversial. I'll just say you can do your own research, but um yeah, I stayed there. I was fine. No, I never felt pressured. I never felt uncomfortable. But like I said, I went into it knowing that this was a possibility and that I'm going to really try not to like engage in like a lot of conversation with these people because I have a feeling if I'd gone in and was like asking them a bunch of questions about like, you know, their religion and all these things, I feel like they might have kind of sensed an opportunity there and maybe would have, you know, probably not been super direct, but would have, you know, tried to get me to come to the farm or something like that. So I would recommend you stay there, to be honest. I thought it was a unique experience. Just know what you're getting into and you'll be fine. If you're a woman, I can't speak from experience, obviously, but I've heard from, you know, various people, so just anecdotal, but like I've heard that it can be a little bit sketchier. And so... Um, definitely, yeah, just do some more research, uh, before you, before you stay there, but they've got a very mixed reputation on trail. I'll say that.
0: All right. Well, the, uh, the other question I had for you, cause I plan on hiking with my dog. Um, so I'm bringing my golden doodle along with me and he's, <laughs> he's done a little bit of hiking with me. I know you see this big guy and you're like, Oh, he's got a golden doodle, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, the dog's very, very much taken to me and I've taken him out on a few trips and he absolutely loves it. So uh, I'm excited to do that, but I didn't, I didn't plan on doing a whole tramley thing. I know tramleys are the big thing out there on the trail, uh, but I don't think I want to fall into anybody else's like timelines and, you know, or, you know, when they need to go to town, when I need to go to that kind of type of thing. So, you know, what, what, what do you think, what's your opinion on needing community out there and, do you feel like, do I need to be plugged in, you know, or, 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 have that type of support group? Cause you, did you do the majority of the trail with Flossie?
1: Flossie and I met about halfway through, but I hiked the majority of the trail with Mullet Mike, who I met on day one. And we hiked all the way up until Southern Maine when he okay. got off trail. Um, and, and there was a couple times where we'd split for a few days. Like he would, he took a zero once to like stay with his girlfriend, And then I just kept going. And then a few days later, I took a zero. And so we ended up syncing back up. But um, for the most, we were, you know, after a few days of hiking together at the start, we were basically just like, yeah, we kind of want to roll together. But, um, you know, I I understand like not wanting to be tied down to anyone else's schedule, but that's actually a really good example. A lot of the time when you form, uh, I'm not going to use the word Tramly. When you form groups, (laughs) even trail family is cringy, but it's not quite as cringy as Tramly, but it's, I'd it's address. pretty cringy. Yeah, it's all pretty cringy. But this entire thing is cringy. Anyways, um, <laughs> you know, when you form groups of people like that, a lot of the time, the reason that you actually form a group with somebody is because it kind of just happens naturally because you are kind of traveling at the same pace. And so um, there definitely is times where you might want to hike with someone, but they're just your, your schedules and your pace don't match up. But a lot of the time, they actually do match up. Like more often than you think, and that's actually why you start hiking with particular people. Um, and so I wouldn't just write it off completely. And I, I wouldn't be concerned that you have to either go at your own pace or sacrifice that in order to hike with other people. I think there's more crossover there. Um, than, than you might realize that's a great question, but the dog thing, we have to talk about the dog thing. Okay. okay. Um, what, or, or, how much backpacking experience does your dog have? How many nights has the dog done? How many miles a day has the dog done? I have some serious concerns about taking a dog on a through hike.
0: Um, He has been on every trip with me other than the Colorado trip. So currently he's probably got about a hundred miles on trail and I mean, he, he can lap me. I mean, on trail, as far as you know, cause he does, basically double the miles that I do in a day because he's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth in front of me. So um, I've taken him out on several trips, uh, nothing longer than a week, although he will be doing a week with me after Christmas uh, on the Foothills Trail. And um, we'll we'll ma- maybe four or five days. But but yeah, so what's your concerns? What, yeah. Hit me with it. I know I, I saw that look in your face when I said dog. So Yeah. Um,
1: first of all, to be clear, I'm not against dogs hiking or backpacking. Uh, that's not my concern. Uh, my concern is taking a dog on a you know what's for you potentially going to be a four month trip. I mean that's a lot of time, dude. That's just a, that. I don't know. It's like you the dog can't clearly express to you how they're feeling, and I guess you can you know you can kind of tell you can read their demeanor and stuff, and I don't know. I just feel like in my personal experience through hiking, especially on the AT. On the PCT, I barely saw any dogs. But on the AT, I saw quite a few at the beginning. Not so many uh, later on in the trail, uh, which should tell you a lot. But a lot of the time, dude, these dogs just looked miserable, man. Like, your dog might like it for a few days, but it's just such a commitment. You're out there for so long. And, And I know it has been done, also, to be clear, but the vast majority of the time you're either going to end up getting rid of the dog not getting, that sounds terrible. (laughs) You're not going to be putting the dog down. You're going to be sending the dog (laughs) off trail or you're going to be getting off trail with the dog. um, Just to be, just to be Frank. Um, There's also the logistic, the logistical concern, which I'm sure you've thought about. You can't have a dog in the Smokies um, and you also can't in Baxter state park, I believe at the very end of the trail. And so that's a whole nother thing. You're either going to have to skip those sections or you're going to have to find someone to watch the dog. Also, much like when you're hiking with uh, your your kid and your kid has a nosebleed and now that's affecting your hike, it's going to be the same thing with the dog. If the dog gets injured, probably even more so actually because the dog can't you know, speak for themselves or act for themselves. And so if the dog's injured you got to deal with that, and that's one more thing to deal with while you're already in a very um, uh, tricky situation, not tricky, uh, a difficult thing, which is a through hike. And so, I don't know, dude. And also, I'll say, if you want to finish in 120 days, I'm just going to say this now, and maybe I'll be wrong, and I could be, and if I am, then the more power to you, and we'll do another episode, and you can... You can let me have it. Um, But (laughs) my prediction is that if you bring the dog along, you're either not going to finish with the dog or you're not going to finish in 120 days. Those are my predictions. I think you're probably going to have to, at the very least, uh, give up one of those two things.
0: But I don't know. What do you think about that? (sighs) I mean, I, I, I do want to complete it with him, but I do – I am a realist, so I do have an exit plan for the dog if, if absolutely necessary because I do know that a through hike is not an easy thing for anybody to do, let alone, like you said, when you put your – limitations are going to be based on what the other person and or in this case an animal – is so I I, I I do have an exit plan for him in case that I do run into that situation. so I am aware of it and and I will keep it in mind and put him first if yes, it, please if it do comes that, if it, comes, it comes to that comes comes that point by all means please do
1: because I don't know I've just seen and I'm not saying that you're gonna do this, but like I've seen multiple times on trail. Um, just on my AT through hike alone, where the dog was just miserable and their owner was just dragging them through this. And it's like borderline animal abuse at some point, you know? And, and and just don't let it get that far is all I'm saying. Like, if if the dog's not having fun, if the dog gets hurt, just please send the dog home and don't put them through that just for some arbitrary goal that they don't even realize that they're accomplishing. Please. <laughs> and also there comes a whole nother responsibility. I know you've hiked with a dog already quite a bit. So hopefully you're already good with this stuff, but like I've had times where I'm sitting around camp at a shared campsite, a shelter, and someone's dog is just running around off leash and they're like sticking their nose in my food. And that's obnoxious. Like, don't, don't be that guy. Like have your dog on, on a leash at camp. Um, even while you're hiking, honestly, you should probably have a dog on leash because there's a lot of people out there that there's a lot of people that love dogs and they're happy to have a cute dog run up to them but there's also people out there that are not super cool with dogs and if a dog runs up to them and is jumping on them or whatever uh, they might not like that and even if the dog doesn't jump on them just seeing a dog off leash sometimes um, maybe not your dog but if it's like a you know more aggressive looking dog then um, you know that can be I, I used to be like that honestly I've come around to dogs a little bit but on my through hike like dude I had a couple times people's dogs like running up to me off leash. I did not care for that even though nothing happened. And so, just be mindful of that. I hope I hope you're going to be mindful of that as well. Uh just the courtesy around it.
0: I will say I did trail train him to come to me when I click the leash. So I do like to let him off the leash when there's nobody on the trail with me. And there I can, you know, but if I see anybody coming in the, you know, I click and he comes back, put him on the leash, walk by the people before I take him back off leash. Okay. And so I have fully trained him for that. And I'm fully aware of the people that do not like animals. So, um, and, and, you know, I do want to be courteous to the, those people around me.
1: Yeah, I hope you will. Um, I hope you will for sure, because there's also probably spots where you're required to have the dog on leash anyways. I'm not exactly familiar with this, but definitely look it up. There might be some jurisdictions you're hiking through where you're legally required to have a dog on leash, especially in bear country too, which, you know, a lot, all of the AT is bear country, but there's certain spots where the concentration of bears is higher and you're going to be I you're 100% guaranteed. You're going to see multiple bears on your through hike. Uh, that's just how it is. And so be, just be mind. that's another thing to be mindful of. Um,
0: I, I, I don't know about most people, but I'm excited to see bears on trail. I haven't seen one yet. All the time I've spent in the woods in the last year and I haven't seen one yet. And I'm, I'm like, are they dodging me? Are they hiding from me? My wife's afraid I'm going to fight one. So, you know, um, you know, but yeah, that's just, I haven't seen one yet. I'm excited to actually see one. On, you
1: will. On trail. You will. So, um, Also, you're going to see rattlesnakes. Is your dog rattlesnake trained? No. That would be something to look... Yeah. Yeah, I would look into that for sure. Again, and I know... I'm no dog expert, but I know they have, like, classes. I mean, you might even know uh, more about this than I do, but uh, they have, like, classes where you can teach your dog to, like stay the fuck away from rattlesnakes basically because just like bears 100% guaranteed you will see multiple rattlesnakes over the course of your hike and I would really hate for your dog to run up to one and and get bit because it didn't know Um, and they can kind of blend in they're not easy to see sometimes and I don't know how your particular dog reacts so maybe you know maybe it's not a concern for your dog but for some dogs certainly they're gonna run right up to that thing and try to get in its face or whatever and we don't want that to happen
0: so the other like individual question that I have for me for you is, I, I plan on on doing the the daily you know daily vlog and I plan on editing and posting and doing all of that on trail. And you didn't get to do that for your AT thru hike. And what's your opinion on that? And you know, do you wish that you would have been able to do that, or do you wish that that was something that you included in your thru hike?
1: Oh man, hiking with a dog and daily vlogging. <laughs> <laughs> um. I wish I'd filmed my hike. Certainly, I don't wish that I did daily vlogs, though. But that's just me. There's obviously there's lots of people that do it, like Taylor, New Hampshire, for instance, IBT, all these people. They do it and they're successful with it. So I, I don't want to discourage you from doing it because just because I don't want to do it um, on the PCT where I did film. I didn't daily vlog, I did weekly videos, and I had someone else editing for me. And that made it so that it was a very manageable workload. But even then, it is still extra work you're doing. And it might be fun for the first couple days or week, but there is going to come a point where you're just like, I don't feel like filming this, or I don't feel like editing, probably more likely. Because I don't know how people do the editing on trail. That blows my mind. no desire to do that personally. It's just too much work through hike is already hard enough as it is, but people do it. So I mean, you might as well go for it. Um, you're obviously, you're great on camera, your channel's great. And so you definitely should go for it. But <laughs> all I'm saying is it would be a lot easier for you if you could have someone else edit for you and the quality, the content would be a lot better too. But, um, I understand that's not feasible for, for everybody. And so, Something to keep in mind for sure.
0: My thoughts behind doing it was this is something that my kids will be able to see forever. You know, my mm-hmm. kids, grandkids, and, you know, it'll be on the Internet, you know, forever for them. And then also the second thing is like when you're in the moment and when you're feeling certain things and you're doing the daily, you know, vlog, it's it's a, it's a whole lot different than if you, you know, try to do like an after you know what I mean? So when you're when you're experiencing something for the first time, or you're walking through something for the first time, you know, really putting those things out there, I think I think I'm going to appreciate being able to go back and 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 look at it myself. Oh, definitely. So that's the reason yeah. I was asking you: Do you wish that you would you know would have had that from yeah. when you were out there?
1: Oh, I do. And and I'm not trying to discourage you from filming at all. I think it's awesome. Um, I think the editing is where you're going to run into the most trouble, to be honest. I think. I think it's just going to be a lot of... And again, I don't know your process or exactly how long it's going to take you to edit each video, but at the end of the day, you're going to be tired. It's it's hard, and it's going to require a lot of discipline to edit every single day out there. And you, there's going to be times where you get behind, and then you're in town finally, and you want to take a zero, and you just want to relax. You don't want to do anything else. You just want to lay in bed and watch TV or go to a bar and shoot the shit with people. But you're going to have to be editing, and you're it's going to require a lot of discipline and some sacrifice. And so you just need to be aware of that. Um, the filming, I don't think that's going to be too difficult. It's the editing, I think, where it's going to be maybe not so fun. But people do it, like I said a million times now. People do it. They do it great. So, you know, I'm not saying you you can't, I mean, every single year, people, multiple people do it. So go for it, dude. And, and yes, you absolutely will be stoked to look back on those videos. And I think it's really cool that you're thinking about your kids too. And the fact that they'll get to look back on it. So, you know, I think, um, it's, I think it's very ambitious, but I think it's better than not doing any filming at all. So, uh, I'm, I'm excited to, to see what you make and I'll be watching for sure.
0: Fantastic. So what do you think, the last question. Well, no, you know, I got, I got a couple more. I got a couple more. If you yeah, don't mind, man, go we got, for time? We got oh, time. Oh, yeah, we got right, time, so, man. We got time. All right. So what do you think the biggest challenge of through hiking is? And I got a, a few options for you. And then, you know, if you got something else, that's fine. So, I mean, do you think it's logistics? Do you think it's mental? Do you think it's physical? Um, I mean, time or, you know, do you think it's, is like, I mean, uh, the physical part, like eating enough? I mean, th- those are some of the, some of the big challenges I think I'm going to have to to walk through. So what, what was your experience? What do you think was the biggest challenge? What do you think? What do you think I'm going to say? <sighs> I, I think for most people it's mental.
1: Yep. You nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> and I'm glad you did because understanding that it's going to be very tough mentally is going to give you a huge advantage over a lot of other people because a lot of people go into it. They've seen the YouTube videos. They've seen the Instagram posts. They've seen, you know, all this stuff that highlights the uh, the, the positive, the fun, the the positive nature, of the fun stuff, um, and they don't realize that it's actually not just a pleasant walk every single day. And there's actually a lot of hardship on a thru hike. And so, understanding that it's going to be mentally tough is very important. So I'm glad that you understand that. Out of all the things you listed, that's definitely the hardest one: logistics are not hard on the AT, even on other trails that are harder. The logistical aspect is still not as hard as the mental aspect. The physical aspect is definitely difficult. And I don't want to downplay that because people leave trail all the time because they're injured or their body can't handle it. But, um, at the end of the day, I do think the mental challenge is going to be the hardest one. And so it's good that you're thinking about that, dude. And I hope you spend a lot more time over the next, you know, you know a couple months leading up to your hike really thinking about that and really thinking about how you're going to push yourself through the difficult times and um yeah it's i spent a lot of time thinking about that before my through hike and i think it paid off significantly
0: so you're you're definitely uh you're definitely on the right track there I mean, I, I had, I had a day where, you know, even just during my 90 mile section hike where I was just like, this is stupid. Why am I doing this? I could just go home right now. And, uh, I didn't obviously, but you know, I, I've had those thoughts, you know what I mean? like I, It was just a, you know, a tough uphill or, you know, right after not having water or something like that. And so I've been through those things. So I, I you know, I, I'm going to try to prepare myself mentally, but I'm, I'm leaving a lot behind, you know what I mean? Uh, wife, kids, business all those type of things and I'm going to be worried about those things on, on a regular basis too. But, uh, I think, I, I think I'll be able to, to fight through.
1: Yeah, man. Well, we'll see. No, I think you will too. <laughs> I
0: think you will too, man. And it's good that you're thinking about all that stuff. Um, all right. now, let's get into some of the, uh, some of the, the like the hard hitting questions. Like, you know, what you get sick of eating? What, what, I mean, you know, I, I'm actually playing with my menu right now. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying some food that I normally would not eat because I know I'm going to have to when I'm out there. And so, you know, what, what was your, like that, that item that you just got totally like, I'm, I'm done with this. I never want to eat it again. I mean, for one, for, for me, like I ate, I, I entered a hot dog eating contest once. I ate seven hot dogs <laughs> in like three minutes and I didn't touch a hot dog for <laughs> five years. Like literally.
1: <laughs> um... Pop-Tarts, I got really sick of. Protein bars, I got really sick of, although I kind of just continued to force them down because I never really liked them that much to begin with. <laughs> um, yeah, I man, Pop-Tarts are the biggest one that comes to mind. I didn't really get sick of North Sides and mac and cheese on the AT, maybe North Sides a little bit, but on the PCT, I got super sick of both of those things. And even to this day, yeah, thinking about future hikes, I the thought of eating more North Sides and mac and cheese t- disgusts me. Um, those are the main ones, peanut butter a little bit. I, I ate peanut butter early on, on the trail, on the AT and then I quickly got rid of it and switched to Nutella, which I never really got sick of, even though I ate it a lot. Those are the main ones for me. Uh, maybe like beef sticks and shit like that too. I got kind of sick of, but, um, if I had to give you a piece of advice, look what other people are eating and try to get ideas from other hikers because, and this isn't really, a revelation because uh, you're going to find that this happens naturally. You know, everybody's looking at what other people are eating and, and taking ideas and stuff. So definitely be open to that because that's how you're going to get a lot of different ideas for a uh, food on trail. And, and yeah, you're going to get sick of things. It's just the reality. Sometimes you got to just push through it, unfortunately. But um, also just variety is another big thing to keep in mind, even if it's just variety in, the type of chips you're buying, you know, or the flavor of candy or whatever, just any sort of variety is going to be good. And, uh, and th- that'll help a little bit, but <laughs> also just accepting that you are going to get sick of some things
0: sometime and eating enough food can be tricky as well. Yeah. So with the, uh, you know, I was just looking at the backpacker meals and, you know, dreading, cause I'm, I'm not a big fan of like your mountain house meals and stuff like that. However, there are some good backpacker meals, but the expense of backpacker meals for that long, that many days in a row, I I just, I I don't, I don't even want to think about that.
1: Yeah, they're expensive as shit. On the AT, I never, I never bought them. Okay. On the PCT, I started to just because, like I said, I was getting sick of all the other things that I was eating. And so I would say maybe don't buy them at first, but then eventually, if you do find yourself getting sick of your dinners and stuff, I do think they would be worth buying at that point because it's so important to keep yourself fueled out there. You're already investing so much into this hike. You know, your food is so important. You know, it's like your food and your shoes are probably the two most important things in terms of like spending money. And so eventually when you really feel like you need them, I wouldn't hold back just because of the price. But, um, that's just me.
0: Okay. All right. Um, so, it's 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 widely known that you're not a through hiker until you've pooped yourself on trail. <laughs> so did you poop yourself on on the AT and and what do you think leads to that? Why is that a normal thing?
1: Yeah. Um I don't I think it's just because you're eating crappy food and you're exercising every single day and you're just things get jostled around in there. People get norovirus a lot too, especially on the AT. It's just a combination of all those things. I kind of... I didn't really do it, but I came really close a bunch of times, and I did get caught wiping my ass one time, but that's a little different. <laughs> Thank God this was before I had a YouTube channel and anybody knew who I was, because nowadays, if that happens... Oh, man, that would be embarrassing. But I, I didn't really... I didn't really do it. I I did one time when I was running when I was in high school, but that's that was not on trail.
0: <laughs> so I heard about all of the challenges on the trail and I like challenging myself physically, but um you know I, there's like a four state challenge. I know there is a half gallon challenge, uh, a 5 pounds of Snickers challenge, and I even heard <laughs> about there's a fire talent or fire tower challenge, the fast food challenge, the Connecticut challenge, and then the Mount Musulaki dress challenge.
1: I've never heard of that one. (laughs) So I guess that's
0: where you just hike up to Mount Musulaki in a dress. (laughs) Maybe some of these could be new
1: too. Cause again, I hiked in 2018. So it's been a while, but I've never heard of that one before.
0: (laughs) So my question is, did you you complete any of them? The only
1: one that I did was the half gallon challenge. To be honest, I didn't do, yeah, I didn't do any of them. Besides that, the half gallon challenge I feel like is a must do. The rest of them, I don't know. People like the challenges. It kind of sounds like you might be intrigued with those, given you're asking about them.
0: Well, I also heard like the seven second challenge where you're supposed to like hop on one of the ponies, but I don't think that's legal. Oh God, so I don't I've know if you should do that one or not. <laughs> yeah, probably don't do that.
1: <laughs> Definitely don't uh, do that.
0: Uh, and then I I also read about one now, and, and I'm no drinker, but uh, 24 by 24 by 24 challenge. Have you heard of that one? I, I,
1: yeah, is that where you hike t- t- 24 miles in 24 hours and drink 24 beers in the process?
0: Yeah, so you can either drink all the beers at once, which I don't know how anybody would still be standing to be able to hike 24 miles, or you drink the beers over the 24 miles in the 24 hours. But so, yeah, yeah I've just I heard about all these challenges.
1: I don't know if I can endorse that one either. That sounds, I do remember someone who did that, but I didn't, I couldn't do that. No way. I could not drink 24 beers and, in- in 24 hours, no way. That's that's possible for me. Back in the day,
0: back in the day. No, even then, used? dude.
1: <laughs> Maybe for you, yeah. Um, so I don't know if I'd recommend that one either. But the rest of them, dude, or the four state challenge. Did you say that one?
0: Yeah, yeah, the four. State yeah, that's challenge. a big
1: one. That's a big one. I know a lot of people do. I I would kind of wish I had done that one. That seems like a fun challenge. Um, yeah, you should do that one.
0: What's the? What, you said the Connecticut challenge. Yeah, I think it's all 52 miles of Connecticut in one day.
1: Yeah, that that's that makes sense. Um, I would die.
0: I think I would just die.
1: Maybe Connecticut's a pretty easy state, so you might be surprised. Um, hmm. it, it'd be a stretch, but it might be more doable than you think. And it, hell, it, it might help you get a get a bit ahead on your goal of 120 days. So yeah,
0: twenty, it would be 24 hours of walking and literally like 24 hours of not doing anything after.
1: Yeah, that's so. true. So it might even <laughs> out, huh? Yeah, it would probably even out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, dude we'll see the presidential challenge. What's that one? I'm, I'm not
0: quite sure about the presidential S- challenge. Something,
1: something with the presidential Ridge. Maybe it's just hiking the entire presidential Ridge in one shot. That's I'm assuming that's the case. I don't actually know. So if it's not that and someone's screaming at their computer right now or whatever, I'm sorry. But, um, if that's the case, that's very doable. I mean, non through hikers do that. So I don't know, but, um, there's lots of fun challenges. I'm excited to see which ones you get into. Those would make good YouTube content, too. I'm just saying. But um, <laughs> that's something to keep in mind. But we'll anyways, think about dude, it. We'll think about it. we're uh, we're at the end of the episode here, but we're not done yet. Because as you know, Michael, because you listen to the show, apparently, which I really appreciate, Um, we got to do a story, dude. It's story time at the end of the episode. Now, you haven't through hiked yet, but you've got enough backpacking experience that you got to have something good for us. So uh, take it away, my friend.
0: Well, I mean, the story that I'm going to share is going to be, you know, I'm not a thru hiker yet. However, um, in that 90 mile stretch in the last section that I did, I did um, have a a problem. I, I I I was staying at the hostel before I, the hostel around the bend, and I ate a frozen pizza there <laughs> the night before I went hiking. And uh, I don't know if you've ever pulled a pizza out of a freezer that's got a little bit of freezer burn on it, and I probably should have been a little bit wary about maybe how long that was in the freezer. Uh, But I ate that pizza, and the next day, I tell you what, um, (laughs) I I was not having a good time on trail. And uh, I I got out, and I was hammock camping at this point in time. I hadn't switched over to tent camping, and I was hammock camping. And I and I I was I was hammock camping that night, and uh, got out of my hammock to go to the bathroom, like kind of. Could kind of normally always do. And uh I went to go to the bathroom, find a little trail and, and ducked off to the side to and uh while I was while I was peeing, uh something else came out. <laughs> <laughs> so I did wind up pooping myself on the trail. And it was a three AM in the morning and here I am um you know in a camp full of people. Like there's a lot of people staying at that shelter. And so I had to get my headlamp out, find the wipes Go to the privy, clean myself, change underwear. It was it was a, it was an absolute mess. So it was, it, like was a, it was not a fun a, experience.
1: That's a that's a rite of passage, and you've you've checked it off before you even. Threw hiked. So you, dude, yeah. you're you're uh you're well on your way, my friend. I genuinely i I think you're gonna do great, man. Um, and I appreciate you coming on here. Everybody, make sure you go subscribe to Michael's channel. He's hilarious, first of all. Uh, his videos are super well put together. I suck at hiking. That should tell you all you need to know. Uh, in terms of his I don't know. I feel like if you liked my style of like being goofy and, and fucking around a lot, you'll you'll like his too, with a better production value, I might add. Um, and so, or production quality. So go subscribe to his channel. I'll have a link to it in the description and in the show notes, if you're listening on audio and um, yeah, man, thank you so much for, uh, for, for doing this episode. And I hope you were able to learn a little bit here. Uh, and uh, let me know if you have any more questions. I appreciate all the
0: information that, that you've provided me, but more importantly, I appreciate all that you do for the hiking community. I mean, you, you you really do make a, a big effect, you know, not just with Trail Tales, but also with what you do on YouTube. and And you're you're, you're a fantastic uh, example of what the hiking community should be welcoming. And uh, I appreciate it, man. Oh, I
1: appreciate that. All I do now is scare people away from hiking, so I don't know what you're talking about. Right, but you um, do. I mean, while I,
0: I like to listen <laughs> to a few of the uh, the, the the Trail Tales podcast, I mean the uh, the the YouTube channel hiking videos. Yeah, And yeah. And, and, and and that really has kind of like. Made her think twice about some things. So, <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: Um, no, you'll be fine. Me. All right. If you want he'll to know where fun. I'm at,
0: then come fight me in the woods. I'm, I'm good with it.
1: Yeah, you could probably kick some ass. Uh, <laughs> thank you, man, and um, thank you so much, everybody. If you made it this far, if you made it all the way to the end of the episode, dude, you've got to subscribe to the channel. Like, come on, it's only fair. That's I make the rules here, and it's only fair. So, subscribe to the Trail Tales YouTube, and if you listen to this far in five-star reviews on Spotify or iTunes or whatever your uh, or Apple podcast, whatever your app is. I'm trying to get this show to a thousand five-star reviews on both of those platforms. And so leave a five-star review, please. I read all of them. I love them. And uh, thank you so much for listening and watching everybody. I'll see you next week. Woo.